I am Alan Winson, and this is Bar Crawl Radio, special edition. I recently talked with Brian Terrell at Union Square on a blistering cold, sunbright day in mid-January 2022. He was in the city to give a talk at Sam Durant's new art exhibit, a life-size white military drone atop a 25-foot pole on the High Line overlooking West 30th Street. Brian Terrell is a world-traveling peace activist who has been imprisoned in the U.S. for his protest of the U.S. military's nuclear armament programs here and around the globe. Initially, I met Brian at Washington, D.C., at the Witness Against Torture's week of fasting and protest against the continued incarceration of Muslims at the military base on the island of Cuba. It consists of a march of orange-hooded protesters through the streets of the federal district. Since then, Brian has been on our podcast several times, once at an Upper West Side margarita bar, Gabriella's, which is unfortunately no longer in business, along with international peace protest Kathy Kelly, once in Washington, D.C. at the Dubliners Bar, and once at the Catholic Workers' St. Joseph House down in the Bowery. Here's a brief bio. Brian Terrell is a Catholic worker and writes for the National Catholic Reporter. He lives part-time on a farm with his wife in Malloy, Iowa, raising goats. But mostly, he travels the world protesting nuclear armament and getting arrested. He told me that his years in U.S. federal prisons has taught him more about the human condition than all his years in college. For this recording, I talked to Brian while he was holding a banner with other Catholic workers in Union Square, protesting U.S. support of Saudi Arabia's killing of civilians in the Yemeni civil war. They have done this every Saturday morning for years. Afterwards, we continued our talk as we walked to the drone exhibit along New York City's High Line. Ryan Terrell, how are you doing? Good. Good to see you. Good. If we're talking this close, I'll put a mask on since we're... More face to face. So I'm, I'm holding the sign here for it. What, what does it say? It says Yemen is starving, and you're holding up your part of it. You're you're uh, compromising your journalistic objectivity, perhaps. I know. I'm just helping you. Put your mask on. It's freaking cold out here. It's uh, it would be a balmy day at home, so I'm That's I'm fine Iowa, here. Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So what what have you been doing lately? Uh, I'm glad to be back in New York, and I've been a part of this effort here for for years and and not been here for it two, has been more years, than two years that yes. this protest out in Union Square has been going on and it's it's horrible it's it's it was urgent uh, seven years ago I think our our best hopes within the system are for some glacial efforts to be started so it, it really well the is, glaciers are going away so right right that's a bad that's a metaphor we can't really use anymore no <laughs> no. no. Glaciers are moving pretty fast these days, unfortunately. Yeah, they are moving very fast and <laughs> so, disappearing. Yeah, so I have to have to come up with another metaphor, but it's but it's tragic. Very few people know that this is still going on in Yemen. Well, very few people know about almost anything that's happening. Most people don't know that, that the United States is spending a trillion, trillion and a half dollars to uh, upgrade our nuclear weapons to be uh, more precise and more easily deployable, which, of course, means... Uh, it's Pentagon speak for being uh, more likely to be used. Yeah, if you buy something, you want to use it. Oh, right. That's what that's what Trump said, and I don't. And I think he was just uh, speaking something. Uh, uh, the idiot savant who sometimes sometimes tells the truth, and no one else is. You're not supposed to speak out loud. Yeah. 
I got to Europe twice in the last six months. Okay. And uh, very fortunate. I got in just between uh, uh, COVID outbreaks and lockdowns. I was in uh, Germany for only a week in July uh, at Buchel Air Force Base. What were you doing there? Uh, that's a German base that has 20 nuclear bombs. And they are uh, kept by, uh, there's a U.S. Air Force squadron there that, that uh, maintains these bombs. And they practice daily putting these bombs on their Tornado uh, bomber, fighter bombers. And this is, this is a, a nuclear sharing deal that's been going on. There's five other, four other NATO countries that have this. And it's deniable plausibility. Everybody knows they're there, but they don't admit it. So these bombs, there's nuclear bombs in five countries under, there's no public debate. There's, it's not approved or uh, even officially acknowledged by the parliaments of those countries. And those countries are, of course, targeted by uh, especially Russian nuclear bombs. How many people were out there? What kind of crowds did you get? Well, because of the COVID and because we were there when the, uh, uh, there were horrible floods in Germany. You know, uh, historic floods they've never seen before. I was there the year before and there were many, many hundreds of people. And this, this year there were like about a dozen people because people in Germany couldn't travel. The highways and railroads were shut down. There and seeing uh, these tornado jets roaring over us. And the, when they take off, the ground shakes and a huge cloud of black smoke, acrid smoke comes out and the roar you know, we have photographs of, of our actions where the police have their hands over their ears. And to, to, to know that the, the waste, you know, the U.S. military alone is one of the largest polluters. But this is, this is the, the German Air Force <laughs> on top of that. And, and they're not, not using this fuel defensively or so people can visit their grandmother before they die or <laughs> yeah. pe you know, uh, people to take, young people to take vacations or to go to graduate school abroad. This is that they're practicing for the end of the earth. They're practicing for killing everyone. Because these are nuclear, they hold nuclear weapons. Oh yeah, that's the whole point of the space, is, is for these German airplanes to be ready to, to deliver U.S. nuclear bombs to wherever they're ordered to, to bring them. Right. But Russia now is arming to attack Ukraine. Don't we have to protect ourselves? <laughs> the uh, provocation is mainly from the United States. So when, when the Soviet Union dissolved, it was agreed that uh, NATO would not expand and NATO's expand to Poland and the Baltic states and uh, and uh, President Biden is insisting that Ukraine should be brought into NATO so we're moving our weapons and our in our threat all that closer there's talk about moving the uh, nuclear bombs out of Germany even and putting them in Poland so we're putting it, it, it's kind of the equivalent of the of the Cuban Missile Crisis where, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago, and people forget. I, I, I remembered. I was just a little kid. I was in Miami at the time. And uh, yeah, I remember. The, you're right. I, the, and we remember the fear, and and for the people of Russia, having U.S. nuclear weapons on their doorstep is just as frightening as it was for us to have nuclear weapons in Cuba. We have U.S. generals now, ever since Obama's. Uh, modernization program of nuclear weapons saying that with these new more precise nuclear weapons that uh, the US could be able to prevail on a battlefield. This is freaking scary Brian. It, it is very scary.
October, I went to uh, the Netherlands. I had to go through into Europe at Amsterdam instead of the German cities I usually go because I have a 30-day jail sentence waiting for me in Germany at some point. <laughs> and I joined a bunch of, uh, of Dutch activists and Vocal is, is a Dutch equivalent. That's where the United States has nuclear weapons in, in the Netherlands. And this is a Royal Netherlands Air Force Base. Uh, and they have US F-16s there. And we were there during uh, what the NATO calls uh, Operation, uh, what, what's the word they call it? Eternal Noon. And, uh, you know, 10 of us dug a tunnel under the fence. Get out. And it was crazy. Uh, uh, there's an art, the, the new Catholic worker that, 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 that Bill's passing out, I have an article about it in, so pick that up. And uh, the... Uh, so we, we, we gathered in the... What, at night you started digging under the fence? No, no, but we told them we were coming and we expected to be arrested for symbolically trying to dig under the fence. And we get there and there's a handful of cops and they say good morning. <laughs> and we, we sing some songs and say some prayers and have some words and greet old friends. And then we start digging and waiting for a tap on the shoulder. Expecting to be arrested. Ex or, or at least warned to stop before we're arrested. And some people were said, I'll dig until I'm warned. And other people, you know, so other people said, well, we'll push it to the end. But it didn't happen. And as we were digging, all these soldiers came to the other side of the fence. And uh, nobody yelled at us or said stop or anything. So we dug a tunnel. <laughs> we were able to dig, you know, very quickly, a tunnel about, uh, you know, three feet deep and six, six feet long. And we were able to, 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 10 of us, crawl through and up onto the, into the Air Force Base. Well, the police and the, and the military are watching. Right, right. This is a different so, country. <laughs> right, I, I, I've, I've gone to jail for six months for, you know, at a military base, going up to the gate and asking to talk to the commander. As in the U.S. <laughs> in the U.S. Right. Uh, you know, people, we have friends here who've gone to prison for years for, for uh, cutting holes and fences and, and uh, so what gaining. happened? So you get to the other side of the fence, the military guys are looking at you. And, and we're right by the runway where the F-16s are taking off, <laughs> practicing to kill everybody. You know, I, I think with these actions, part of what we do is for ourselves. And I, I, I like to think that, that I'm opposing the military and the, the, the arms race and you know, doing things like this, or being home on the internet and signing petitions and things like that. That's all good. But once in a while, to put it into action, to actually sweat and be and put your whole body into it, and then to crawl under the ground and pop up on the other side, it just felt like coming out of the grave. You know, oh. Use religious terms. It's kind of sacramental. Yeah. So th that was one of the one of the high moments of my life. Was How long <laughs> did you stay there? As soon as I got out of the ground, I was one of the last people to go. Dutch soldier said something to me in Dutch and I just said I don't understand then he said in English you understand you're under arrest don't you I said, well I figured so yeah, yeah, no job. <laughs> but nobody told me there were 10 of us taken into custody and we were we spent about five or six hours in uh in um the police station on the base the police station in the town how did they treat you Nobody yelled at us. Nobody was impatient with us. Nobody said, what the fuck do you think you were doing? <laughs> uh, Which is the kind of treatment you got in the U.S. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you get annoyance and anger and sometimes even violence. They were uh, you know, quite cool about it all.
and we are interrogated by the uh, their investigators and uh, we were let go and told that there will probably be charges filed at some point in the future and and I hope there is I would like to go back to back to Holland and and I hear that their prison system is very progressive <laughs> so I, I don't know that holds no fear for me that would be a, an interesting addition to my resume and I, I did go to Germany because you can the, the, the borders of course are open in between so and uh, I went to a trial of some of my friends who'd been arrested at Wuchel other times. And also what happened while I was there, I intended on spending three weeks kind of having a vacation. I've got lots of friends, uh, but I didn't this time. But because in Germany, you know, the, the drone program happened here and started killing people without even members of Congress knowing much about it. And you know, it became the major part of Obama's foreign policy in secret meetings on Tuesdays at the, at the White House. But what's happening in Germany is very different. They've had drones for a long time uh, that they've used in various places, but they've never been armed. They use for surveillance. They're yeah. the, the same kind of, uh, of drones. They got them from Israel that could be armed, but they had decided they weren't going to do that. So they're right. using them for surveillance only. And an irony is the conservative government of Angela Merkel had been in power for so long, collapsed, and it was the um, the coalition of the uh, Social Democrats and the Green Party, and the Free Democrats, the liberals, liberals, that they were saying now they're going to put weapons on the drones, the oh, Greens. <laughs> there was a ground swell of, you know, we don't want that, and our party's not speaking for us on this. Uh, very quickly, uh, friends in Germany who are involved in the anti-drone movement there arranged a, sp a speaking tour for me. So I was in, uh, uh, I'm really sorry for the friends I didn't see and I felt embarrassed that I was so close to some, some people I really love and didn't stop and see them. Uh, but I was speaking, I spoke in Berlin, in Frankfurt, uh, Cologne, several places in Cologne. Uh, yeah, so I was on... Uh, I was there in Europe for three weeks and uh, didn't spend uh, more than two nights in one place. Oh, it's still going on. In fact, in, in, uh, um, they're having another meeting. The, the Green Party is having a meeting uh, at the end of January with a, with a band killer drone coalition. We're going to start a, uh, very soon start a letter writing campaign Good. to delegates of the Green Party. German uh, activists are doing that right now but to add to that to, to, so that they hear from some Americans. We're going to be, uh, you're, you're coming with us to the High Line. Yes, I am. At the, the drone sculpture. And one of the things, we're having a, a, a postcard campaign. We'll have postcards there for people to sign to mail to the uh, Secretary General of the United Nations. Brian then turned from killer drones in Germany to U.S. support of Saudi Arabia in the Yemen war and the blockade that has led to mass starvation and disease and a worldwide pushback. There's a lot of outrage over that, and President Biden expressed that outrage as a candidate. And it was February 4th was his first um, foreign policy address, you know, uh, 11 months ago. And he again reiterated that it's a human rights disaster, it's a strategic disaster, it has to stop, and he said, U.S., the U.S. will not be supplying the Saudis with, uh, with, with weapons or cooperating in this war anymore. 
It stops now. Well, that very same day, <laughs> the State Department amended that and said that the uh, that, that doesn't include a any actions against Al Qaeda or uh, ISIS. Uh, that they will continue. In other words, the drone strikes and the the special forces attacks that really have uh, destabilized Yemen and 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 uh, many analysts say that this U.S. interference has created the conditions under which the, 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 the social chaos within Yemen uh, exists. So, and then a few days after that, uh, this man named Greg Hayes, he's the CEO of Raytheon Technologies. He sent a message to the shareholders of Raytheon and reassured them saying, peace is not going to break out in the Middle East anytime soon. And he said, we, we think that the, uh, the region will continue to be a place of continued growth. And uh, yeah, a few months later, a uh, sale of uh, Raytheon air-to-air uh, -air missiles for Saudi Arabia was approved. So we had the pious talk about uh, n no one can look at Yemen, what's happening in Yemen, and saying what the Saudis and UAE and other coalition members are are doing is anything but disastrous. I then asked Brian why the public doesn't know more about all this. Well, I think more people know that, 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 that Biden said uh, that it was going to stop. Just as uh, after Obama was elected, I remember the first year after that that I was in Washington for the, the Witness Against Torture about closing Guantanamo, we were heckled over and over again by people saying, Obama's going to close it. What are you doing here? So you should you know, put your signs away. Uh, your orange t-shirts, the jumpsuits and the hoods, that's all passe because they had the schools. And we were hearing that, we were hearing that for, for the next eight years. And we're saying, still there. And we're still there. It isn't just the right wing. I think it is, you know, that, 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 that rhetoric often uh, trumps <laughs> uh, the reality. <laughs> that, that we want to have a president who's not going to say bombastic, vile things. Uh, but somebody who's going to say things like, the war in Yemen has to stop, but he's not going to—he's not going to uh, tangle with the military-industrial complex. Um, but I, I think what the, what the C, what the, this Raytheon CEO statement says is uh, very, very telling and very important. That the things that the that the people of Yemen, of course, and the people here, what I think what most people, if they really thought about it, really want is peace. Uh, and and security and no, and and pe being able to raise their families and uh, and uh, live the lives they want to live. That is an existential fear. Peace breaking out. The idea of peace breaking out is uh, to an American CEO talking to mostly American stockholders that it's reassuring to hear peace is not going to break out. It's just, uh, it, you know, it's just so, so horrible. Brian had done activist work in Afghanistan between 2011 and 2018, taking seven trips there. I asked if he remained in contact with any of the people that he knew there. Yes, in fact, I had an opportunity when I was in, in uh, November, I was in Cologne on this trip, and I heard through, like, fourth hand that a young woman... Uh, 
that I knew in, that I'd met in Afghanistan, who was a, a, a pre-med student in, in Kabul, had just arrived at a refugee camp in Kabul, in, in, in Cologne. And so uh, the, the man I was staying with has a car and had the time, so we drove outside of town to the, oh, to the camp and we met with his friend and took her out to lunch. And, wonderful. and my friend knew some of the Afghan community in uh, diaspora in Cologne and, and was helping getting her caught up. But I do hear, and I just did today again, um, people caught in, in, in the country and can't get out, and people who want to stay uh, and are having a very hard time. But it's, uh, it's rough, because I, I know I'm a very privileged person, and they know that, but they don't know. It's hard for them to imagine. I go there, and I'm treated very, very well and given great deference, as, a, as they have great respect for elders is I hear from people who want me to give them references to the U.S. State Department to get visas. And it's hard for me to, you know, I say no, and I don't think some of them understand. You know, I've got no pull with the U.S. State Department. Yeah. <laughs> they Google me. <laughs> they would, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I've, you know, I've been investigated by the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force. I've spent two years in prison on various all over the country. You're well known, but not for the right things. Well, I think for the right things, the but right the State thing. Department Definitely doesn't, the, right the State <laughs> Department doesn't know that. And how do I tell these kids who think I've got a friend in the United States who can help me? <laughs> yeah. You know, to say, I have, I have no pull. Being associated with me is not, not going to help. Yeah. Like, I won't tell you the name of the friend I met in, uh, <laughs> in, 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 in Cologne. No. Uh, because because it's not going to be any of those people being associated with, with the likes of us. Uh, you know, I, even I was reading in The New Yorker about how uh, journalists, The New Yorker and other, other big agencies, uh, that they're having a hard time getting their friends and the people who interpreted and who, who, who uh, gave them information and helped them out with their stories. Uh, they're trying to get... Uh, trying to help their friends get out. And if the New Yorker magazine can't, if the New York Times can't, <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what am I, what am, what am I going to do? So it's, but yeah, people are desperate in you know, punishing the Taliban by withholding, by freezing the funds uh, of the previous government, which was just as corrupt, <laughs> just as corrupt as the Taliban, uh, but, but they were our corrupt government. So, um, yeah, but it's not the, the, the it's not the Taliban that's going to be suffering for that. It's going to be the be the people. And and Yemen is facing a great disaster. And uh, uh, Afghanistan has much worse winters. And uh, they they they, they uh, this will be another humanitarian disaster. And uh, and uh, yeah, people they're they're. Most Americans' idea of Afghanistan, I think, is we tried to help them, we tried to help them, and it didn't do any good, so we left. And not say we, we that it's a disaster that, that was created, an emergency that was created by the United States, and we bear a great responsibility. You wonder 500 years from now if we're still, humans are still around and on the earth, they're going to look back at this empire called the United States, and what are they going to think of us? Yeah, I... I thought of that when I was in Berlin. I had uh, where I was staying was I didn't do many touristy things, didn't have time for that. But I had near where I was staying was a place called the Topography of Terror. 
it's a museum now and it's fenced in uh, and it's like several city blocks of rubble and there's actual there's a modern museum building built with with with, with exhibits and explanations but uh, but otherwise otherwise you walk around the grounds and there's signs telling you what was there and it was rubble that was bombed in World War II and it was on the east side of the wall and it was never rebuilt and only in the last years did someone decide to do something with it. Topography of terror and this is where the footprints of the SS headquarters and some of the most heinous prisons in the Third Reich were there and it was just left as rubble for decades and now it's a museum and to see uh, mainly you know, German school children walking and seeing standing where these prisons were, where people were executed and where medical experiments were done. And they're learning about this. Just wondering if someday the, uh, the ruins of the White House and the Pentagon <laughs> will, be, will be walled off. Will, will we put a fence around it and people will come in and have curated uh, <laughs> tours and, and learn about the horror that the United States has perpetrated. Uh, and I and I don't think it's hyperbole. I don't think I'm. I, I don't think it's an over. Ex, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's a healthy thing for society. Is I, I thought about it very much as the United States is facing the like. Do we have? Uh, uh, how do we look at slavery and how do we commemorate? Uh, you know, do we have statues to uh, Robert E. Lee and Jefferson Davis? Uh, are these heroes? Do we teach our children these are heroes, or do we talk about what happened? And uh, friends in California are coming to, to grips with the, uh, you know, the Catholic worker in Los Angeles especially. Is, uh, it's a big anniversary of, of the missions that were up and down the California coast. And the official Catholic Church is trying to celebrate these. And uh, Catholic workers are trying to say, well, you know, the, 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 there was a touch of genocide about these missions. And, 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 and it was slavery, and it was uh, people were being torn out of their cultures and made into good, good Christian workers. Um, so yeah, we, we have to have that. You know, your, your question, how will people look at in 500 years uh, if we're still here? And I think maybe if we are still here, maybe because we've had that hard look, you know, because we, we, we've considered what really happened at Hiroshima and not just the bomb that ended the war but a bomb that, that killed uh, 100,000 in one blast and then, then many thousands more dying of, of, of cancer from the radiation sickness uh, over the next decades and starting a process that, that uh, you know, thousands and thousands of people have died with the uranium mining and the tests, uh, that this wasn't just something that ended the World War II and made the world safe for democracy. So we have to, you know, um, we're not going to get out of this mess if we, if unless we, uh, unless we are able to take a hard look at, at our history. The protest against the bombing of Yemen ended, and we left Union Square. I followed Brian Terrell and the Catholic workers of the Ban Killer Drones Organization to the life-size drone statue on the High Line on West 30th Street. As we walked, Brian talked about the many people he has met in a lifetime of activism all over the world.
And then he turned to the possibility that humanity might be ending, but not as a dire existential thing, rather as a moment to take charge, to change, because what we do right now really matters. You know, these last months that I've had uh, more uh, deeper and quicker friendships than I've had any other time in my life. I just feel like it's such a... Uh, because you know, if, if these are the last days, it's not a time to, to despair. It's a time that I think it means that everything we do matters so much more. Uh, we talk about what we owe to future generations, but if there aren't going to be any, we owe something to past generations too, to, to, to spend this time with some dignity. Uh, but I feel like, I'm not, you know, not in any kind of romantic or erotic way or anything like that, but I just feel like, I, I just feel like these last months I'm just like falling in love over and over again all over the place with everybody and it's <laughs> uh, just uh, appreciating people and I feel like I'm getting to know people you know, much quicker and easier uh, and it just seems uh, there's an urgency to the time and it's not just urgent to be to, to do uh, to, to get things done and to protest and to Act, but it, but it's uh, like things maybe can't wait. <laughs> you, know, you know that I that that uh, I might not see that person again, and I and you know. Uh, We're not talking just because you're an older person. No, I, I of course I think about that some as I'm getting older. I'm turned sixty-five this summer, so I do think about that. But no, but I think I think the world. Uh, Especially you know, being being in Europe, there's some people that I you know there that I've known for 30, 40 years too. Uh, but I don't know if uh, even such a thing as being able to travel to Europe is going to be something possible or responsible thing to do. So I'll see them again. I'm almost hoping that I get get a criminal charge in Holland. So. <laughs> and, you're, and you're forced to go back. Well, I wouldn't be forced to because they're they're not going to extradite me for digging a hole. But uh, but I would f you know feel more urgent, yeah, you know, more obligation to go. Right. Not 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 because of the uh, edicts of the Dutch government, but because uh, I think as an American, I was the only American in that group. And there are nuclear weapons, and I think that uh, if there is going to be a trial, I don't want to leave my Dutch friends to have to answer for <laughs> for yeah. American U.S. Uh, nuclear weapons. You know, you 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 talk about new new times, changing times, as a um, possible positive change to the world. I'm concerned about my grandkids. I just got a granddaughter. My daughter just gave birth, and I have a uh, five-year-old grandson, and yeah. they've got a life in front of them. And you, what you're talking about now is a different kind of world. And what, what do I tell them? Yeah, it's um, yeah, there. There is a real urgency to that. You know, uh, Greta Thunberg brings that across. You know, we don't have time for blah blah blah. We don't have time for bullshit. Uh -huh. <laughs> Uh, we're heading on to some bullshit right yeah. now called the drone. 
yeah. it's a technology that's uh, makes war that much easier. Uh, not on not on its victims, even though it's sold to us as something more precise and with less collateral damage and all that all that's bullshit. But it's not even easier for the drone for the soldiers. Uh, we're finding out something about people that's very important is that the the uh, post-traumatic stress or moral injury uh, doesn't come only from people suffering uh, privation and threats to their lives and physical injury, but it comes from inflicting that as well because these drone operators are suffering from what people think of as has been called shell shock, but they're not they're thousands of miles from where the shells are exploding. But but their their complicity in that killing is 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 hurting them. And so but it's easier for the politicians. There's as President Biden put it, uh, over the horizon, no boots on the ground. Uh, we can fight these wars. Uh, so we're gonna be fighting more of them. Uh, and they're intractable. They're harder to fight, harder to resist. Um, politicians don't have to deal with body bags coming back. So the, it's it's kind of like the, as we were talking before about the new nuclear weapons, uh, these modernized nuclear weapons that are more easily deployable and more flexible, uh, meaning more likely to be used. Uh, even though it could mean the end of the human race, it, it's uh, basically somebody pushing a button to launch a missile and not somebody putting themselves in, in risk way with a, with, you know, with a gun face to face. So it's, it's, it's an easier thing for a politician to do. Uh, it's not easier on the world and it's not, you know, it's just, uh, all, all this technology is making war. Making war easier m means that war is more likely. I'm not hearing any messages I can give my grandson. Oh, what can you tell your, gran tell your grandson you love him? <laughs> oh, I tell him all the time. Yes, I know. I'm sure you do. Uh, well, I think, you know, that, that they should... He should know that you're trying to make the change. I think it's like, the, the, again, what, what Greta Thunberg's, uh, her angst is because she's not being listened to or she's given lip service, but she's not seeing the change and not seeing people take things seriously. I just think for the kids growing up to see, for them to see adults who are trying to make a change and trying to who see how bad things can be and who are trying to change things. I'm not despairing. I, I, I really think uh, if we do things right, um, you know, your grandchild might grow up in a better world than we did. What would that world look like? Well, I think the, the, the world's resources uh, being, being shared, that there'd be... You know, decent work to do. Uh, 
uh, that, that people would have housing and yeah, whereas um, Noam Chomsky was talking about this recently where he said there's absolutely no problem that the world faces today that that can't be that can't be solved you know we have one of the, one of the statistics that's really horrible like this trillion dollars and more being spent on on uh, developing new nuclear weapons that money is not from the Defense Department it's from the Department of Energy so you think the Department of Energy is spending trillions of dollars on new nuclear weapons you know I think most American citizens would think that the that the uh, Department of Energy is working on on uh, energy the the uh, situation of, of horrible situation of immigrants in the world you know on, on the our border on the Mediterranean uh, in uh, Belarus and Turkey and the islands of Greece Libya these are this is this is that's a crisis manufactured by 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 these wars and by financial manipulation of countries for for cheap labor and to be able to exploit uh, natural resources that, that 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 all could stop uh, you know, if all the resources being used used now for for war were to be used on alternative energies and uh, you know solving a pandemic, uh, you know, there, there's enough money for everything that they say that there's that there's not. There's this. It's just where all the resources are going. So. Yeah, the the John Lennon song "Imagine." <laughs> yeah, what, what what is this? No, yeah. the, and and that imagining it says, yeah, you know, that's not a dreamer. That's not. We are at this point. We pacifist hippie type people. We are the pragmatists. We are the realists. We are the ones who take a hard, unflinching look at the world as it is and are looking, what do we have to do to change things? What do we do to make it better? We are the ones, you know, the, 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 the fantastic dreamers, the utopians are the people who look at the way things are now and say, we can keep doing that. We can keep getting richer. Uh, we can keep having, we can, you know, it's insane, the idea the United States has, we can maintain control of the South China Sea and all the shipping and <laughs> you know, you know, we, we, we simply can't and we will destroy ourselves and kill half the world trying but we can't do it, it's not going to work and you know, to, me, to my mind the idea that people can learn to live together is uh, is, is is absolutely realistic uh, You keep talking. I mean, I, I love hearing you, but I am freezing. Well, I'm, I'm. You're from Iowa. Yeah, I'm acclimatized to something different. At the life-size drone statue, Brian Terrell spoke about the violence of modern warfare, and then members of Band Killer Drones began their weekly campaign of postcard signings 
urging U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres to use his good offices to achieve an international treaty banning weaponized drones. I want to thank Brian for sharing his beliefs and experiences with me, and thanks to Catholic worker Anthony Donovan for his unpatriotic version of America the Beautiful. That's a short version.